Hey, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today as we talk about habits to adopt to create more time in your day. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. We've all had the thought, gee, I wish there was more time in the day. But then we quickly realized that if there was more time, we'd surely fill it. As an entrepreneur, mother, businesswoman, and creative, I'm always striving to find balance and routine in my life. I've come to realize that I will never truly find a balanced life. I just can't achieve it. I believe that having a balanced life is continually a challenge and ever-changing from day to day based on what we're facing. What worked yesterday might not work today. Life is ever-changing. With motherhood, everything's a stage. And each day is a new experience. Work is consistently throwing me new curveballs, and my creative mood just hits whenever it wants to. So while I don't believe that I can have a balanced life, I do believe that I can strive to work towards balancing my life. So I control what I can, and I roll with the rest. So here are a few tips on how I create more time and intention in my day to get the most out of it. Number one, wake up earlier. Okay, this is coming from a former night owl, but hear me out. I haven't always had a good relationship with mornings, but when I say that waking up earlier makes a big impact on my day, I mean it. Getting up 15 to 30 minutes before you normally would and allowing yourself time to start the day off right is the perfect way to dive into the day. I find, like most, that if I start my day off behind because I wait until the last possible minute to step out of bed, I'm not allowing myself to take care of myself or start the day on the right foot. This always seems to put me a little bit anxious for the day because I feel like I'm always behind. Waking up a few minutes earlier will allow you to get on the right page, take time to breathe deeply and mentally prepare for your day. Maybe you sneak in a workout, meditation, or some reading. Whatever it is for you, make time for it. Additionally, going to bed at a decent hour will help with your morning routine. With a toddler, full-time job, and owning a business, I'm often tired by sunset, and I'm ready to call it a night shortly after we put our daughter to bed. This has hugely impacted my ability with getting up earlier, since I'm usually going to bed by 9 or 9.30. I would also like to say that when you start your day off with some sort of movement, whether it's meditation or yoga or a workout, you're really getting the blood and endorphins flowing, and it's going to give you energy and feed you throughout the day. Also, making sure that you are incorporating movement throughout the day will help you rest better at night, giving you a better morning routine. Number two, set limits. Do you ever find yourself aimlessly browsing social media? thinking you're going to spend 10 minutes that turns into like an hour watching reels or on TikTok, set limits for yourself. We can all get lost on our phones 
And there are so many things to distract us. This isn't a very valuable way to spend our time. Cell phones now have screen limits and can be set up so it reminds you to log off, not allowing you back on until a certain time has passed. Personally, I have my phone set up that I don't get any social media notifications before 9am. And even then, it's still limited for the remainder of the day. You can also set limits on things like your email. A lot of us entrepreneurs often think that we have to be tied to our email all the time in case a client reaches out or we get a new inquiry. But really, that's working hard, not smart. It's more beneficial to sit down and answer emails in a lump sum rather than tackling them as they come out. I like to say it's playing offensively instead of defensively. Plus, if a potential client or someone who, you know, has already booked you and wants to like finalize details, sends you an email and you're just shooting it off from your hip, you're not really being intentional with that response or serving your client to the best of your ability. So making sure that you set limits for yourself, knowing when you will and you won't be checking email is so important. Tip number three, be prepared. Getting ready for your day can set you up for success. The night before, we set out my daughter's clothes, pack her bag, and prepare her meals. This way, when the morning arrives, we have a few less things to do. It also allows me to spend a few minutes holding and cuddling her, not worrying about packing her lunch or preparing her bag, because we did that already. Similarly, preparing for your day ahead will help you ease into it. Setting out your outfit, planning your agenda, and reviewing your to-do list ahead of time allows you to mentally prepare for the day ahead of you. If you're anything like me, your mind wanders, and knowing you have a list and a plan to hit the ground running allows you to shut off your brain a bit better for sleep. Again, I make my list the night before. That way, I know that I'm not going to forget something. Because oftentimes, if I don't do this, I find myself waking up in the night being like, oh yeah, I need to shoot myself a text message so I don't forget this. I need to do this. I need to do that. And while we can't completely eliminate that, As I said earlier, I control what I can and I roll with the rest. So putting myself out there so that I am prepared and ready for the next day ahead of time so that I can get the best night's sleep so I can wake up earlier is the best approach. And I think that you guys can definitely uh, benefit from this as well. Now, if you've been around here long, you know that I love lists. And I think this next point feeds straight into that. Use a time block schedule for tasks. I'm a huge fan of time blocks. When I have an especially busy day, I print out a time block schedule and write out what I will work on each and every hour of that day. Of course, I give myself grace when other things come up, but this is the outline for my day and how I plan to approach it. I find peace knowing that I have a plan and it helps me limit distractions and other things that might come up. So what a time block schedule looks like is simply knowing if you're going to start and you're going to work from nine to five, you just have an hour printed for each of those time slots. So nine to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, and so on. And from 9am, I write out what I'm going to focus on for that first hour. Now, sometimes I'll do it for 45 minute chunks and that last 15 minutes, I might get some active movement or load the dishes in the dishwasher. Whatever happens, happens. But that way I get a mental break in between each of my time blocks so that I can best focus. And then of course I incorporate time for lunch 
in some different, um, you know, activities in there as well, just so that I'm not just grinding all day. Now, there are some days when I am grinding all day and it works out well because I'm just in that motivational productivity sort of mood. But other times I have to give myself a little bit more grace. So this is hugely important when you're going with a time block schedule because you want to have your ideas and all of your projects ready to go when you sit down. I even will pencil in time to plan for my projects. In the first 10 minutes of my day, I spend filling out my time block. Now, because I often will write my to-do list the night before, so I'm sure that I knock everything out that I need to, I then assign it a time the following morning with my time block schedule. My next point is deep work. Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work, and I'm a believer. Sign me up, sell me the good stuff, I'm here for it. There are so many distractions in our day-to-day life. Deep work can be so hard to come by, so we need to be intentional with our time. Before I read this book, I didn't really call it deep work, but I did have a concept of the idea. Using the above-mentioned time blocks allows me to focus more deeply on the work in front of me, knowing I will move on to another task later in the day. This also helps to limit my distractions because if something else comes up, I know that I've allocated time for it later. Right now, I'm focusing on just recording this podcast. My phone might be blowing up with emails and different things to respond to and social media stuff and yada, yada, yada. But right now, this time block is strictly just recording my podcast, which I guess is easier said than done because with my podcast, clearly I can't be doing other things because I'm just sitting here talking to you. But the concept's still the same. And I just love what Cal Newport says about it. The book is an awesome read. You can get it off Amazon, and it'll walk you through how you can be successful in deep work, and it'll also give you a lot of case studies where other people have been successful with it themselves. Putting down distractions such as our phone, television, social media, housework, and focusing on specific items allows us to get more done in a shorter time frame. Then, we have more time for other activities later in the day. There's a 20-80 rule. I'm not horribly familiar with it, and I can't quote who came up with it, but basically, you can get 80% of your stuff done in 20% of the time if you focus. And that's basically what Cal Newport is saying. Now, whether you need to lock yourself in a closet to stay away from your toddler who's running around the house, or you need to go and go to a coffee shop to work, as long as you know what works for you, you're going to be able to really channel that deep work. My next point is delegation. Now, this one's especially hard for me because I can be a control freak, but I think it's hugely important, especially for you to develop more time in your day. This may be more challenging if you don't have a team, but delegation is crucial if you want to grow and scale your business. It also allows more time in your day to focus on items that you're stronger at. If you don't have a team to delegate to, you could consider hiring a house cleaner or ordering prepared meals so that you're using that time on other tasks. But if you do have a team or you're at a point where you could afford to hire a virtual assistant, I strongly urge you to do so and then delegate to them. Because maybe creating Pinterest graphics isn't really your jam. You have a template and it's easy to do, but you just don't have the time or energy to do it. Well, delegate that. I guess delegation could also be considered outsourcing in some ways because maybe you hire a Pinterest expert and then they can handle your Pinterest while you're creating content. Um, A good example for this with my podcast would be a situation where 
I'm recording the content like I'm doing now, but then I have someone else create all the graphics and pin them to Pinterest and share them on social media. It would save me ample time and allow more time for me to focus on recording and creating the content that I actually want to put out there. And in other ways, maybe you don't know how to produce a podcast, but you want to do one. So you're doing all the recording and you're doing the content, but you can outsource the production of it, opening up more time. And if you hire an expert who's familiar with the task that you're delegating to them, they're likely going to do it faster than what you could anyways, because they're an expert in the field, right? If you were to go into like a heart surgery, it would take you forever and you'd have no clue what you're doing and you likely wouldn't be successful if you're not a heart surgeon. And I'm not suggesting that anybody go out and do that, (laughs) obviously. But if you have a heart surgeon do it, they're going to be able to do it much better and much faster. Okay, that was an off-the-cuff analogy, and I apologize because it was a bit dramatic, but I think you catch my drift. My seventh point, and just in case you're wondering, seven is one of my favorite numbers, automation. Automation is my best friend. You can pre-schedule items, use automatic responses. I do this on my email. Even if it's just for an, any email that comes in, it's going to get an automated response from me. This way, you get a response right away. And you have clear expectations of when you'll actually hear from me and when I'm going to be able to respond. You can write your blogs when you feel most creative and you have the time to do so, and then schedule them through an automated system to post when your audience is most likely to be, you know, online and looking at them. A lot of ways that I use automation. One way is I create all my graphics, I sit down and I mass produce them. So this show, it's All my graphics have actually already been created before I'm even recording this show. And then I post them so that they get scheduled out to Pinterest on a daily, basically, cycle for two weeks. And eventually I come back and repost these. But within that two-week time frame, I'm already working on my next one. So what we do is we mass schedule them. I actually have my team help with the scheduling. Right now, I'm still maintaining the graphic design, but I'm looking to outsource that soon. So I'm really excited for that. And then as I briefly mentioned, if you send me an email, you will get an automated response. And basically it speaks to my potential clients, anyone who's coming in with an inquiry, my current clients, and other um, entrepreneurs and business owners. And it gives them an idea of when they're going to hear back from me so that they can plan accordingly, especially my current clients, because I don't want them to ever think that they're not the first priority to me, because they are. And I think being you know, an inquiry and a potential client, you can respect the fact that clients take priority. And so my automated email kind of spells that out. Also on Facebook, I have automated responses already that are generated and they go out every time I get a notice on Facebook. And then same with my Google page, you'll get an automatic response. Now, most of these direct you back to my email, but I still check them from time to time to make sure that I'm not missing anybody. There's a lot of other ways that you can automate things. Um, If you have like, just like bill pay, and this kind of trickles into my eighth point, which is systems. So having systems in place, such as like SOPs, standard operating procedures, will help you be efficient with your time while also being consistent from day to day. Using things like online bill pay for any of your bills, such as your website, your domain registry, um, really any reoccurring payments, it'll save you a lot of time because then you don't have to log in each month and make those payments. There's a lot of different systems where I do this. I utilize um, automatic bill pay. I have all my bills set up that way, both 
both personal and professional. And then I also have um, like any reoccurring fees that I have to other people or to PayPal or to my bank or to my website host. All of those are automatic as well. So it's a system that I have in place. And then in previous um, episodes, I've talked about this, but I also have systems in place with canned responses, so template responses. It saves me ample time in the day. When someone reaches out with a wedding inquiry, I already have a template in place that speaks my voice, but also gathers the information I need to best answer that client's questions, to let them know my availability, if I'm even within their price range. All those different things are all a template response, so it's a system that I have in place. And again, seven and eight, automation and systems kind of go hand in hand because they feed off of one another. Another thing that I have for my SOP is how I write my blog posts. Generally, I will approach all my blog posts the same way. I hit on the same things. I try to go for the same um, SEO, search engine optimizer, information in each blog post so that each blog post hits the criteria to make sure that I'm ranking higher on Google. So a lot of my SOPs are pretty consistent. And the funny thing is, is that I am a firm believer in SOPs. So even in my full-time job, you will see me with SOPs. My SOPs, the way that I spell them out is like, it has a text space part that tells you exactly what to do and how to do it. But then it also has a visual aspect. So if it's anything on a computer, I screenshot it so that they can also be successful that way because I just want to speak to more than one learning style. And I do the same thing in my business. I create SOPs and I stand by them, especially because if anything were to happen or if my husband has to step in or I bring on a team member, I want to make sure they're set up for success. So automation and systems. But I digress. Going back to my main point, these two things are really going to open up time. Now, at first, it is a little bit of a time investment because you have to create those templates and set up those automatic responses and set up those bill pays. But once you've done that, you earn that time back exponentially because you're going to continue to use them. It's beautiful. My ninth point is declutter and organize. I mean this both mentally, digitally, and physically. Having a clean and organized work environment will also lend to a more productive day. I know that if I'm going to have a big work day and my house is kind of crazy messy, I have to clean it up. Now, jump back to delegate. You could always hire a house cleaner to come and help with that. That way you can focus more time on other things. And this is where I'd insert some sort of house cleaner that I know um, as a little sales pitch, but I actually don't know any. So Google it though. You can find a good one, I'm sure. Anyways, decluttering your home and your life is so, so, so beneficial. You can see where you waste the most time by doing a time audit on your week and then cut out those things that just don't make sense that waste your time. Now, again, we've hit on it a little bit. That could be aimlessly surfing the internet, but it could also be like cleaning up the same thing over and over and over. Get rid of extra things in your house that just don't make sense to have or clean out your inbox so you're not constantly going through a dozen emails and feeling overwhelmed every time you open up your email box. I generally won't have more than 20 emails in my inbox at a time and I won't have more than like five unread emails at a time. 
just because I want to stay on top of it. And I've organized my inbox and my email so well that I can always make sure they go in the right box and I know what needs to be followed up and what doesn't. Because I got to keep my inbox decluttered and keep the entire system organized so that I have that time to be successful and utilize towards other endeavors. My final but not least important point is avoid procrastination. We often put off the harder tasks or things that we just don't want to do, but we should knock these out first so that they're not lingering over your head all day. Do the hard stuff first so you can use that sense of accomplishment and really ride that wave of achievement to do the small, easier tasks following. And likely, you'll feed off of that motivation and do those smaller tasks faster. I can't tell you how many times I've put off a project that I thought was going to take a long time and mentally drain me, and then I do it, and it was easy. Okay? That's just like a mental block that some of us have. Don't do that. Don't be me. Just dive right in. Avoid the procrastination. I can think of a lot of times when even just like editing a wedding gallery seems so daunting because there's a lot more images in a wedding gallery for me than one of my portrait sessions. So I can do like three or four portrait sessions before I even start opening up a wedding gallery. And I've started to tell myself like, no, dive into that wedding gallery, finish it, and then do those portrait sessions. And then by the time I get to the portrait sessions, I'm just like in editing mode. So I'm like, boom, 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 line them up, shoot them down. And it's great. So again, avoid procrastination. Don't let it get the best of you. So these are just some of my tips so that you can um, adopt them to create more time in your day. Again, if we did have more time in our day, God knows it, we would totally fill it. So that's not the problem. We've got to work smarter, not harder. So quick recap, wake up earlier, set limits, be prepared for your day, use a time block schedule for tasks, do deep work, delegate when possible, use automation and systems to better yourself, declutter and organize, and avoid procrastination because that's what's going to set you apart. So I hope, like me, you can take away some of these thoughts and ideas and implement them in your day-to-day life. Again, I don't think that I'm ever going to achieve a balanced life, but I will continually work towards balancing my life. I love every single hat that I wear. I love being a businesswoman. I love being an entrepreneur. I love that I have two businesses while also running this podcast. I love that I'm a wife and a mom, and I just love my family. So none of those are going anywhere. So I'm going to constantly, constantly, constantly work towards being more successful in each and every one of those so that I can make sure that I allocate time towards each one without them bleeding into one another. I hope that you can utilize these ideas and just apply them to your life. Take away what works for you and adjust as needed. Thanks again for listening to Ginger Biz. It's been such a pleasure talking with you guys today. And until next time, keep on diving in.